is your host, Morgan Pagel. Uh, we are recording today off-site here at Revel Advertising. But before we get into that, I want to introduce my guest, Chris Jarrett. <laughs> Chris, how are you feeling tonight? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Uh, we are recording right now in this conference room, and it is awesome. You want to talk about the flag in the back here real quick? I mean, if you're watching online, you got to watch on YouTube. Uh, but can you just describe what we're sitting in front of? Uh, yeah, so it's the Springfield flag. We overlaid uh, the street, the street um, all, all of it from Springfield over it. We kind of put the downtown area right there in the middle. Um, that's where we're located, um, just off College Street. And uh, yeah, something to brighten up the conference room, be a little more yeah. unique than just your average conference room. So, no, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. If you hear anything in the background, I say this when I live in my loft all the time. I'm like, look, it's authentic. We don't have a studio yet. If you want to help us get a studio, donate. So until then, no complaints about the background noise, period. That's that. Um, so I reached out to Chris because I saw a bunch of stuff you got you and your company were doing on LinkedIn and it just seemed so cool and interesting. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how Revel was started and all the things? Yeah. So we started Revel in 2010. Um, so I'm a co-founder, um, Nicole Jarrett. Um, I'm her husband. She's also a co-founder um, and she's our CEO and my official title is Chief Creative Officer. Um, but I do a lot of different things um, from the creative side, obviously, but also um, as it comes to business development and growth of the company, I'm focused in that area as well. Um, so yeah, we've been in business 10 years. Um, we're a creative services agency, but we are full service. So while we do have a main focus on creative services, we also are um, full service in the sense that we can handle your whole marketing um, needs, whether that's media placement or we're designing logos on the front end, whatever it is, we can handle it um, in-house. Yeah, that's awesome. One, before we get into anything else, one quick marketing question. So if a company was like, hey, we don't even want to touch our social media, do you guys run whole accounts for companies or just kind of like create content for them? Ideally, we're helping them um, set up a, a way to do it internally. Honestly, it, yeah. unless they're, they're a huge company, it's hard to make uh, sense to <laughs> outsource that. Right. Um, so if you're a small to mid-sized business, it's a lot better to maybe uh, engage an agency to help you set up maybe your content calendar or uh, content creation, but to actual manage it and posting, you can probably hire in and do that a lot more affordably yeah. than having an agency run run that for you. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I always have so many like small businesses in the manufacturing world who are always like, I don't know what I'm doing, and just get with a digital marketing agency or advertising, and they can help you, you know, get the structure. Yeah. Uh, so, are you from Springfield originally? No, um, I moved here in 97 to go to Drury University. Um, but yeah, so I was actually born in DC. Okay. Um, then moved to Seattle. Then moved to Des Moines. Then moved to Rolla, Missouri. Wow, that's a culture shock. Reverse. Then, yeah. And then to Key West, Florida. And I did all that by fourth grade. So wow. moved around a lot. So what did your parents do again? Uh, so people always like, oh, military. I'm like, no. And they're always like, well, what did your parents do? And I just say they like to marry other people. And <gasps> that... <laughs> <laughs> that got okay. That, there you go. <laughs> that that got us moving around quite a bit. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, between my parents, they've been married. They were married eight times total. Uh, to each other? No, yeah, that, <laughs> no, definitely not. But you oh, know, a total of eight marriages between between the two. Ooh, wow. Right. So um, a lot of step siblings and half siblings. I'm a only child except for my half brother, who is 17 years younger than me. So big age gap there. 
Um, but so, yeah, I did most of my growing up in Key West, Florida, though. So just a small island um, yeah. just off Cuba. Um, and is a unique experience. It was super fun. Um, pros and cons come along with living kind of isolated from yeah. a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. But so eventually I ended up though in St. Louis for high school, living with my father at that time um, and lived there for three years and ended up then in Marshfield, Missouri for, okay. my, for my senior year of high school. So I went Man, from a city school. I feel school. like there's so much Marshfield lately. <laughs> yeah. that I, I, did you like it? I was just there for a, like a little conference thing. And I'm yeah. always like, ah, well, well, no so, disrespect, Marshfield, though. No disrespect. <laughs> well, so I went to a city school in St. Louis and it was very big, right yeah. in the middle of the city. Um, and I was, you know, I think it was like 20% white kids so i was like yeah di- very much the minority there and then went to marshfield if you've been there were right. all white kids there right. and so it was a very big culture shock um completely different than really anywhere that i'd ever lived but i was familiar with the community because my grandmother had lived there all her life and she had run a men and boys store there and so every summer i'd come visit her and stay there for a little bit work in her store just visit and, nice. and spend time with her so i was familiar with the place and I knew a few kids from like playing baseball in the summer and stuff. So it wasn't like completely senior year, new place in, um, but it was still a little bit of a shock um, to do, but um, worked out great. So I lived with my grandma um, my senior year. She took me in, um, you know, step families don't always work out. And I was pretty hard headed as a kid and I wasn't um, really uh, (laughs) the easiest stepson probably to have either. So things just uh, didn't tend to always work out for me in those different situations. But luckily, I had the coolest grandma in the world. Like, I owe her everything. She That's is awesome. The reason I want to be an entrepreneur, um, she inspired me to do so Let's much. give a cheer. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong one. No, that's, there we go. There we go for grandma. <laughs> what, what grandma mojo? <laughs> yeah, so she's awesome. She ran her... Uh, her and my grandpa started a men's clothing store business, um, and it was in business for over 40 years. Wow, that's awesome. Um, but he passed away when I was like five or six. I'm sorry. Um, but she ran that by herself, never remarried, just um, kept going for like, you know, well, that had been like 20 years or so. Independent like, woman yeah, queen, right? yeah. Right, so I, I was always inspired by that. Um, she's actually the first person that gave me a chance to run my own business. So I think I was like 13 or 14, I was staying there one summer and I was really into baseball cards as kids in the early 90s, late 80s were. Um, and so I saw an opportunity that there were tons of moms bringing their kids in to try on jeans. They hated it, they were bored, they didn't want to be there. Yeah. So I taught my grandma into leasing me some space. I think I had to sweep the store to get the space um, in this little booth. And I set up a baseball card shop. And so I had a captive audience of a bunch of kids who didn't have anything else to do but wait for their moms to check out. And then moms were just dying to bribe them to try on stuff. So they're like, okay, I'll buy you a pack of baseball cards if, if you try on these jeans. And... So yeah, problem solution, target audience, market, yeah, boom. <laughs> right. So um, that was my first business at, at 13 years old, doing that for one summer. And I think from that moment on, I knew I always wanted to own my own business um, someday. So yeah, that, that's that pretty was, cool. That was kind of my journey to Marshfield, and then I came here from Marshfield to go to Drury University, and um, that was because I wanted to be an architect. Um, so. Uh, 
I don't know that I really wanted to be an architect. I wanted to design. Like I've always loved creating things um, and making things. It's always just something that comes naturally to me. But I was really good at math. And they were like, well, you're good at drawing and good at math. You should be an architect. I was like, oh, cool. Well, then that sounds good. Yeah. Um, and then, and I got close to a full ride to go to Drury. So I was like, oh, okay, that's, pretty cool. that's great. Yeah. I, can, I can afford it. I'll go there. Um, and if you know anything about Drury's architecture program, it is intense. And I was working while I was going to college, you know, to support myself. Right, yeah. um, even though I didn't have to pay tuition, I still had, you know, still got bills. Food, yeah. yeah. So um, it was challenging, and I just really dug in. And the first two years, you have to, like, qualify for their upper-level program at Drury. Made it through that. Um, got qualified for the upper-level program and finally just was able to take a breath and, like, think, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I decided, no, I, I like design. And one of my friends who was in the program didn't make it. And he had to switch his major, and he was telling me he was switching to design. And I was like, oh, like graphic design? Like the stuff we do to present all the yeah. buildings we do? And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh. So like that logo I made for that building that I had more fun making the logo right. for than I did the creating <laughs> than the actual building? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, I guess that is the job. And so looked into that more and um, uh, talked to the professor there who was the head of the department, um, Dudley Murphy, who was just an awesome guy. He recently actually passed away a couple of years ago but he was um really instrumental in making me see how the transition could make sense and so it was really great jury made it easy um the architecture program was a five-year program anyway so i was still on the same path to graduate when i expected to um and made that switch and i guess the rest is history um you know that yeah. graduated from college um and then yeah yeah I mean, so I had a job before I, yeah. before I started Revel, obviously, too. So um, my first job out of college um, almost didn't happen, actually. A, we, a buddy of mine and I, we went to Atlanta. We were going to go to the Portfolio Center down there. And we thought about it. It was really expensive. And that summer, um, Gary and Joan Whitaker, who, own, who owned Whitaker Marketing, now they're uh, daughter Logan owns it, who owned 417 Magazine, they yeah, own 417 yeah. Magazine, all the 417 um, branded companies, um, offered me a job. And so I thought, okay, well, do I want to go work here or, and, and, and really get to do a lot, right? They had just bought it. I knew I was going to get to do all kinds of stuff. Do I want to do that or do I want to go pay for grad school? or stay here and get paid to learn a bunch right. of stuff. So was it that question though, where it's like, do I stay in Springfield or do I, you know, what, what was that like well, tension between the decision? Yeah. Like Atlanta obviously sounded a lot more exciting. Yeah. Um, especially just because Springfield at that time. So 97 was still kind of like in my mind, old Springfield, like a lot of what the city was doing vision 2020 hadn't happened yet like we didn't have the cardinals yet we didn't have the ice cream like oh, a lot of okay. the things that like maybe people of your age it would come here kind of take for granted feel like yeah. it's always been here because it has been here for like 20 years but at that time we didn't have any of that um so it was about it was about to happen though and so i was like okay well i'll do this for a little bit and then i'll go somewhere else right this will just be my mm -hmm. starting spot um but i did that for two years worked there and it was great because um gary and joan they didn't know it but they kind of were like mentors accidental mentors maybe i mean they were great bosses too but yeah you know like what what i didn't realize until later on in life that i was uh, kind of picking up from that was how um 
I guess the advantages of a husband and wife working in a business together, yeah. right? And I, that was never something that I saw, right? Because I saw my grandma like do her thing, right? right. Just her doing that. I had a stepfather that was an entrepreneur. He just it was just him doing his thing. But seeing how they could really complement one another and kind of pick their lanes and really own it and maximize uh, their strengths, yeah. Because you know you're not good at everything, right? Right. And so I've learned along the ways to like don't try to be better at the things you suck at. Go find people that are yeah. good at that and just be okay. Right. Being crappy at a few things and yeah, and find other ways to like driving for me. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) you might be at least okay with that, but (laughs) yeah, but um, but I really saw a lot of advantages there that I didn't realize until later on when I started Revel. Um, but it was it was a really cool opportunity for me because they just bought the magazine, but they had also owned a marketing company too. So I got two jobs for the price of one. Yeah. Um, and I, they just let me, you know, anything they had come up, any initiative, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I didn't know how to do any of it, but I just said yes. Yeah. I said yes to everything. I was working a lot of hours, but I would have been doing just as much at grad school. And this was real life experience. So yeah. I, I got to work with uh, large banks and, and lots of uh, consumer consumer good companies too, plus on the publishing side. So I was learning a lot about that and I was picking up on how they were growing their small business in Springfield too. So I was learning so much at that time. Like that experience was probably critical to me feeling ready to start my own business only two years out of college. So in 2004, which is, that is it, you know, crazy impressive two years out of college. Well, I mean, yeah, the, that's one of the cool things about Springfield though. So yeah, fast forward two years, I've been working there. I decide it's time to go out on my own. Um, and, I decide that the one of the great things about Springfield is is you can make connections here so fast, right? Like mm-hmm. it's big enough to have some advantages of a of a larger city, but it's still small enough to where the community is connected. And um, being able to kind of plug in and grow a small business here and be an entrepreneur here for a very low entry point was uh, very realistic. And so I was able to do that. And so my first business here was Jarrett Design, and it was just design services. Um, yeah. There wasn't full service marketing. It was just you, or did you have, was your wife on board? No, no. So it was just me. Um, my wife and I weren't married yet. Um, so I started, and I did that for six years. So um, got a lot of experience there, got married somewhere in between there. You right. Know, I'll tell you that story later. It's fun. So is this like a solo <laughs> entrepreneur at that point, you yep. know, small business owner, how many clients were you taking on by yourself at that time? Yeah. Um, started out pretty slow. Um, had a couple of stuff that, that led to the jumping off point that was kind of publishing related. So I really knew that world world really well. And it, it was, it was really hard because I didn't realize how much work has to go into developing the business. I was just like, oh, yeah. well, I'll tell people and I'll start a business and people right. will come because they'll need it, right? Like and the accounting and all the back end stuff, is that what you're referring to? Well, that part's hard too because I'm not good at that. Uh, but, neither am I. <laughs> but really just getting the business, like going, yeah. you gotta put yourself out there. And I, I wasn't really like super extroverted. I didn't really wanna go speak in front of people and all that. Um, so I really struggled there for a little bit at first, um, but I had real low, low overhead, so I only had to make a certain amount to mm-hmm. be okay. You know, I'm like 26 with no kids, no yeah. wife, and you know, what do you need when you're 26? You can get by pretty easy. Right, ramen. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah lots of ramen. So, so before we get anywhere else, I just had a quick question. I yeah. know when you mentioned that you moved around a lot when you were a kid, yeah, um, and I'm sure that was challenging. So I know, like. 
for me, moving from, you know, Green Bay to Missouri, not knowing anyone and just kind of switching high schools when I was younger, it, it helped me become like hyper independent and almost feel like when you meet someone, when you meet a connection, it's like, hi, my name is Morgan. My favorite color is red, this and this, you know? And so when you moved around so much, I think it's interesting that you said you weren't extroverted. So was that difficult for you or do you think it helped you kind of where you're at today? Um, I, I think I have like a naturally curious and collaborative like vibe to me so like it was still I, I didn't really have to put myself out there to make friends but also I was always in sports so like sports okay. are like a natural yeah. avenue to like you got buddies like instantly right you right you, you hit one home run and you're everyone's favorite person like, right guys girls right. are like mm, you know they're kind of more petty I feel like but guys are always like okay cool yeah like yeah so you know you're you get in a fight with someone and next thing you know you're best friends or whatever right, right? like right. so i don't know i never really had that that problem with moving around a lot i guess mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was kind of lucky that way well, but, that's nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I and so i guess maybe that gave me a false sense of like well the getting business will be just that easy too it's, gotcha. it's a new thing and you really have to work at getting your name out there and 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 getting people to want to work with you right yeah and so um, I did end up joining um, a B&I group. I don't know if you're familiar with those. They're just like a networking group. They're all over the country. Um, but it was really great because um, it, it, it forces you to kind of stand up and present in front of people and get you more comfortable in those environments, which was um, kind of a great leveling up opportunity yeah. from me just taking anything and everything that someone would give me to be more intentional about trying to seek referrals and seek yeah. out the business that I wanted to work with. Um, so yeah, it led to, um, some of the, one of the biggest clients that we ever, we ever got. Um, I was still in there as we transitioned to revel. I stayed in there a couple more years even. Um, but it's great opportunity for like solo entrepreneurs yeah. who are younger, who maybe don't have, don't, don't have the experience or the networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a great way to kind of get yourself out there. So, That's cool. Yeah. So you know, like as Gen Z, we have so much stuff on social media. You know, you're freelancing. You just type a little yeah. thing in Google. So you know, I don't think there was social media at that no, time. No, so, Facebook was just being invented. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you're a solo small business, what are you doing to get the leads? Like, are you door knocking? You know, phone numbers. How are you getting? Like, how did you do it? Yeah, um, well, started networking really was the key and just meeting more people and asking for referrals, yeah. making sure to get my name out there, working for nonprofits, doing anything to just kind of get my name out there, let gotcha. people know I was in business um, was really helpful. And honestly, you know, there's obviously I'm in marketing, so there's a lot of ways to get your name out there right. nowadays. Um, but I still really value those relationships. That's really what we've been built on and it's something I'm passionate about. So I still try to get out there as much as possible. I'm involved in a lot of organizations, um, that are community based, um, just to make sure people know that we're a resource and we're out there and we care about the community. And if they care about the community, we might yeah. be a good partner for them. So that's awesome. You know. That's awesome. And then, okay. So the birth of rebel, where yeah. did that come from? Um, okay, so 2010 is when we decided to pull the trigger. My wife was um, handling marketing and basically general managing a, a local company here, and she didn't really see any growth opportunities where she was at. Um, and I kind of plateaued as a solo designer. I tried bringing on like some people to help out yeah. with projects, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't quite right. I was still working out of, out of basically my office at home, yeah. right? I was home-based. And it just felt like I needed to do something bigger again. What's that next level up thing to yeah. do? And we didn't have any kids at the time. And um, we had a little bit of money saved up. And I was doing pretty good and had, you know, a decent 
roster mm-hmm. of clients on the design side. I thought, well, you're great at the marketing side. You also understand how to run a business better than me because I'm three months behind on sending invoices out right now. You know, like that's not. And be like that this, sometimes. This brain, this brain ain't built for that. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, why don't we just combine our efforts and, and try this out? And so we partnered with a third person that I had, had known from Drury that was friends of a friend and had more agency experience. Um, they just had uh, that that dissolved within the first year, though. We just had oh, different really? ideas of like yeah. where we wanted to take the agency and stuff. And so luckily we were able to exit as friends and yeah. that worked out good, bought them out. And, and then we kept moving on. Um, but again, kind of going back to Joan and Gary, like seeing them uh, run their business as a husband and wife duo really made me see the advantages of doing that and making it kind of realistic. Because a lot of times people ask like, what's it like to work with your right, wife all day? Yeah. How do you guys do it? And like, I don't know, I wouldn't really have it any other way. Yeah. Um, it, you know, from having another partner, not that I didn't trust her, but like having like that natural trust in right. your spouse is just like, you can't trust anyone. You shouldn't be able to trust yeah. anyone more. Right. right? And so I know she's running the numbers. She's taking care of the book. She's handling HR. She's, you know, placing the media, like all the numbers stuff. I don't have to try. It takes me, you know, 10 times the amount of effort to do what she can do, you know, super easy. And so cool. I can take all that off my plate. Yeah. Now I can focus on the creative, which I love and focus on growing the business, which I'm passionate about. Right. Yeah. So. Um, it allowed us to have our lanes, stay out of each other's way, agree right. to kind of say, I'm final say in this area, you're final say in that area. Um, yeah. And then we just continued to grow. You know, there's, there was ups and downs with that. We started out um, uh, Obelisk Home on yeah. Boonville. Yeah, and we Phelps. love Obelisk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. So Nathan's great. Um, he actually rented us our first space. We were over there. If you go into our office. Everyone a, really is all connected. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it really is scary. Yeah. yeah. So um, we were touring, trying to find a place. We hadn't even named Revel yet. And we, we have a holding company called Purple Ram, just because, I don't know, I made it up. I was, we needed something to put on the paperwork to send into. Is that like know, a hybrid sit. of like Purple Rain and then I, I just watching saw, the Rams play or something? I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> um, but so when we talked to them about leasing, we went ahead and leased it before we even named the company because we love the spot, we leased it, and they're like, Purple Ram. I was like, well, we're gonna come up with something different. Next thing I know, they give us this big Purple Ram head that now sits in our office still that we still have. that's awesome. it's cool, it's a fun story. Um, They were great, um, gave us a great deal to be able to let us kind of jump off in that spot. Grew out of it, moved into another building that they had um, on the other side of Obelisk Home, and we were there until um, right before the pandemic. And then they sold that building. So we were about to be office homeless and yeah. we had to move. Um, but luckily, um, Brad Irwin with Paragon Architecture is a client of ours and a good friend. I happened to run it to him at a networking event. I think the Think Summit maybe, for Biz 4 and 7 Think Summit. I'm writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was coming out and I was like, man, you're not gonna believe this, but we gotta find a space. You're, you're an architect. Do you know of any places yeah. that have you know an extra 2,500 or so square feet? He's like, yeah, the one I'm building right now. So the space we're in was like literally getting infilled right when I needed it. He hustled things along, infilled it perfect for us. And we were able to get in here just in time before we were office homeless. That's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. 
So it's great to, you know, have those connections, um, you know, that all that stuff pays off in the long run when you're when you're out and about and, and making connections with people. So, yeah. yeah. So we were able to stay downtown, which was a huge um, priority for us. And, you know, it's not always the case that you can do that. Mm -hmm. But we were able to keep our business downtown. We love that culture and vibe and what it does to kind of attract talent, keep talent. Um, it's just kind of a part of our DNA at this point. So I was really pumped to be able to do that um the part that sucked though we were here for like two months and then the pandemic hit and yeah. so we barely got moved in and it was like all right go home yeah and so that's tough. yeah but we're here now you know fully in and, and it's beautiful it's a yeah. gorgeous facility i haven't seen all of it but it's yeah. really great <laughs> yeah yeah paragon does yeah. an awesome job so they're 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 a great company and yeah they they really hooked us up it was awesome that's awesome i yeah. thought it was fascinating when you said and that your mentors kind of suggested the idea of like man and wife working together in business yeah. because our last episode um with pavel he he has kind of the same thing going on and i asked him about it and he had said you know when you're starting a small business you're i mean hours hours are in the business and so you know when you're doing it with your partner you're spending all those hours with them and when you're not you know then you don't really get that time as much and you don't really know what's going on in each other's world and so um i think it is fascinating because sometimes we just don't see that in culture because it's like oh you know some companies like you cannot be dating each other like this and this for others that's kind of how the whole thing was formulated you know yeah but yeah i mean there's obviously pros and cons right it's sometimes hard to shut it off so you're right you know you're always kind of talking about the business and so you have to be really intentional about you know kind of unplugging right which can be hard to do um it's, it's hard to take vacation because the two people are gone and yeah. at a 10 person agency those 20 percent of us are gone <laughs> and we're the main decision makers so it's like okay yeah so we really have to you know provide our our um, employees with a lot of autonomy and empower them to make a lot of decisions or we'd never be able to get, so, get yeah. away or get out of here for a few days to unplug but um yeah so there's challenges that come along with it but the pros definitely outweigh the cons yeah in my mind yeah that's that's great um so tell us how you two met uh <laughs> so yeah um my wife was i think still her, in her senior year of college um and so i would have been like 28 yeah so I, i'm six years older than her okay yeah so i was robbing the cradle a little bit and <laughs> no. we were at uh at least it wasn't like illegal you know what yeah, i'm saying like, yeah. could, have, could have been the wrong cradle right. like <laughs> yeah she was um at a we were at a mutual friend's birthday party and um i i was in like common form for 28 year old chris so i was having a good time um she was <laughs> She was not. She was not impressed with me one bit. Like she was. Like I. I was giving it my best shot, but she was not having it. Um, and she was leaving. And um, I can be pretty uh, determined when I want to be. I'm pretty laid back most of the time. But I was like, nope, this isn't happening. So yeah, she's the. She wasn't driving. She was sitting in the passenger seat. The person's pulling back out of the driveway, kind of backwards. I run, beer in hand. Solo yeah. cup. Yeah. Jump through the thank God the window was open. Who knows? I probably didn't check real well. <laughs> Jump through the window. Yeah. Land in her lap. Did not spill the beer, which wow. is very impressive, if okay. you ask me. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, you know, made an impression enough to, you know, that she remembered me, got her number and the rest it's of the It's giving history. the notebook. Like when he jumps on the <laughs> Ferris wheel, yeah. like he's like, Let me take you on a date. Yeah. So um, There we go. Yeah. Just go for it, I guess. Yeah, I mean I I guess that's kinda how I try to live my life too. Like I would rather you know regret trying something and failing than not trying at all yeah I mean, so 
um, yeah, that one was worth it for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So then how long were you guys together when you got married and then started Revel, basically? Yeah, so we got married in 2006. So, man, we've been married 16 years um, and uh, started Revel in 2010. So Boom. we were married for, you know, close to four years. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's no, great. No, no kids yet. or no, We have one kid. So um, that made it a lot easier, though, you know. That, that got um, extra stressful because our first year in business. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, at what point during the business did you guys say, like, hey, let's have a kid? Or was I, it planned? No, like, what is it? <laughs> it was a, a happy accident. And, yeah. I, and I'm so thankful because, like, my wife's a big planner and um, I was so focused on it. Like, I'd end up, I'd probably be this old still. Like, I don't know if it's, right. it, we'd, you know, I don't think we'd have ever been like, yeah. now's the time. I don't know that anyone, Maybe people that I don't know are like, now's the time. But I feel like right. everyone's kind of like, well, that's just when it happened. Um, I feel like they're either like, I want a baby. Or yeah. it's like, um, you know, if God wants it, it'll it'll just happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no so, in between. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, really lucky um, that we had our son Jackson. He's amazing. He's like my favorite. Like, being a dad's like my favorite thing. Like, I, I, I always hope to be a dad and be a good dad. But, like, it, like totally fills my bucket up like i love being a dad it's awesome so yeah that's great yeah no that's so cool <laughs> um shout out to all the dads out there keep on being a dad like keep on being there that's yeah. great that's yeah. great um so to transition a little bit back to revel so in the beginning stages and as you grew you know what did that internal growth and clientele look like yeah so luckily we were somewhat transitioning from jared design to revel so i had a little bit of a base of clientele um, but it, and still doing some networking and things like that. And pretty soon off the bat, I was doing some networking and met, um, the, the, the marketing director at Missouri state athletics, um, through, I guess, technically then it was Nelligan sports, which is now Learfield sports. There's a weird thing way that's all set up. Um, and they were looking for some, some design help. And so we were able to land Missouri state um athletics Boom. um just after like just kind of in year one and it wasn't like a huge account revenue wise but it was a really good account that shows hey we know what we're doing give us a lot of um publicity and exposure and uh it was something that i enjoyed doing and um our team enjoyed doing and so it helped us grow from a talent standpoint and push us creatively so that was one that kind of put us on the map. And then um, we started working with another local bank, Metropolitan National Bank um, was the name of it. It's since been acquired and that bank was acquired, but um, it was it was a big one. And that was just through a networking um, referral that someone gave and said, hey, you should really talk to this person. Yeah. And uh, uh, slowly but surely they, they signed on with us and they were our biggest client for a number of years until they got acquired which that's not the most fun experience i never realized like oh you can do too good that another company yeah will buy the company <laughs> you've helped grow and now they already have an internal marketing department yeah. no longer need you so it's that, like a breakup yeah. <laughs> i mean that was, that was a big challenge for anyone out there who has like you know what we call a gorilla client um they were like over 50 percent of our revenue and wow. it was just kind of gone within a month you know it was really quick i i wasn't um i should have picked up on the signs that they were trying to get acquired but like it snuck up on me and luckily we weathered that storm we didn't have to let anyone go i was That's able good. to drum up enough business to kind of get us through until we got another couple another bigger clients um to get through 
but yeah that was a scary time we had just moved into a bigger office and yeah got hit with that so you know there's a lot of ups and downs of being an entrepreneur it's yeah. not all uh, sunshine and rainbows for sure but um you know the challenges are exciting you, you get through it you learn a lot from it uh, yeah so kept growing from there um just adding clients here and there you lose some every now and again but right. you know we ended up working with missouri state athletics for over 10 years so you know a lot of our clients stick around for a decade or so and that's and that's pretty good in the agency world in my yeah. opinion um yeah and so now we work with you know we work with all kinds of clients whether it's small nonprofits or we work with you know nationwide companies too so you mentioned in the beginning stages that networking was a big way that you got a lot of clientele. Is that still true today or is it a lot more so just on the digital advertising side and things like that? Yeah, it's more of a mix now, um, but there's still a lot of value I get in trying to do speaking opportunities, um, talking in front of large groups, being on part podcasts. Of, yeah, <laughs> being on podcasts. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I've always uh, attributed a portion of my success to just saying yes to stuff. Like now that I'm getting older, I'm trying to say no more. But like, if it sounds like it's fun or it's going to help a young entrepreneur do something, Appreciate. like you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of I'm passionate about that, and you know, it, it's it, you never know right you never you know, know. Someone, you, never know. you know a billionaire might be listening to this and decide yeah. that he wants a new logo that looks cool like this mural right yeah yeah so um you never know where the opportunities are going to come from what do they say like luck is really just where preparation and opportunity meet right that's Boom. don't have a quote guy oh, no, yeah. I'm just kidding, oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there we go that's my quote <laughs> that's, not one of my yeah. <laughs> that's um, funny right and so people always say oh chris you're so lucky you're so lucky and i'm i'm just like yep yep and yeah when it's really, really it's like so much hard work that yeah. has probably gone on behind the scenes yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so what would you say is the most fun part and also the most challenging part of starting your own business and you know rebel advertising and everything that you've accomplished in that's that realm uh, probably managing my time. Like I said, I'm a. Is I'm it challenging a, or the fun one? Well, that's, well, it's a little bit of both, but okay. it's it's challenging for me because I say yes a lot. Like I have a hard time saying no. So many people gave me opportunities in my life when I asked. So I have a hard time saying no. I'm I'm probably on too many boards, but I I am passionate about Springfield. It's where my home is now, and um, I'm, I really want to see this place grow and succeed and continue to grow. Um, you know, I spoke earlier a little bit about what the city was doing when I was younger and, and wasn't sure Springfield was gonna be my home by getting the Cardinals. And you know, the city just did something um, really big in buying that stadium to, to ensure that we get to keep the Springfield Cardinals here, which is huge for attracting talent um, and tourism dollars to our area. And so being a part of, of those kind of initiatives, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, I've served on the Chambers Board of Directors or whether it's serving on um, nonprofit boards or, waiting for motorcycles that to go by here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I currently serve on the community uh, blood center of the Ozarks board and they do great things in our community. And you learn so much too about your community by joining those boards. But, you know, it's a time commitment yeah. and, and you have to honor that commitment that you've made to those organizations sometimes for three, six plus years. Wow. Um, so it's it's a big thing to um, to do, and then you still got to make time for work and your family and all that. So, yeah, just um, finding time is is the a, hard part. Yeah, is a struggle, and um, so 
this was supposed to be the year of saying no. I'm not doing the best at that, if I'm being honest. But I've said no to I mean, a couple probably, things. It's probably like a you know journey. Like yeah. growth doesn't just you know yeah. it'll take some time. You yeah. know, 2025, you'll be like the no guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And so, oh, the other part of your question, like, what do I love? Is that? Yeah. What's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So I love being an entrepreneur. I'm not really good at um, being told what to do. <laughs> it's never been something I've been great at. It was a problem in my youth probably, but you know, it's I've found my path by just doing my own thing. Um, and so I really enjoy that, like having, betting on myself. I, I, I The pressure can get to you some, but I, I find a way, I don't know, I almost thrive in it. Like, if I'm getting depressed or something, like I have to, it like helps me ramp it up to know, like I've got to do this, right? Yeah. Like you really kind of build yourself up, and you know, no one else is going to do it for you, so you can't lay around and hope that it happens. Like you have to get, yeah, over that and go put yourself out there and try and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I always say too that like I thrive in chaos. So you know, so like when I'm having an, you know vacation, I always book like two doctor's appointments and stuff like the same day. I can't just like do everything on time perfectly. It's always got to be stressful. Yeah. And then I don't know. I, that's nobody asked, but that's figured out. That yeah. In there, but well, I mean, so I got tested for ADHD because I'm like all over the place. They said I Me don't too. have. They yeah. said I don't have it. So I was like, okay, cool. But I don't know. I think they give me a bad test or something yeah. but um you know i kind of look at that like my superpower honestly like i feel the same way because i i have it yeah. for sure i'm also not have been tested but <laughs> but it's like certain i for me it's like i can get my stuff done uh -huh. but i can't focus on conversation sometimes yeah i don't know well so i'm always jumping between things like i can't stay on something for too long but that allows me to kind of like um, like cross pollinate ideas a lot. So I'm thinking about one thing, thinking of idea for another and that idea for the other thing was actually really great for this other thing, but I never would have thought about it unless Boom. I was working on, on something else totally unrelated. And you know, those ideas just always come to me and they always count on me as being the idea guy. And I, I really love that. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Like you, yeah. go be creative, Chris. Oh, okay. Right. But it's um, it's a good Instagram caption, Chris. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it like an advantage. You know, I'm I'm dyslexic, so that's always been an issue for me, like slow reader and all that stuff. But also, like, I'm always like visually transposing things, and I think that's been an advantage when I'm designing logos or you know when yeah. I'm actually still doing the work, which I don't do as much anymore. But I always try to look at it as like an advantage too, and how how can I use my limitations or my differences as an advantage instead of being so you know down about it? Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. great. Um, so to transition a little bit, kind of more on the mental health side. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you're on, sounds like a lot of boards, you know, yeah. husband, father, business owner, um, you know, and then when you're busy, obviously you probably want to cope with certain things, you know, I mean, some people like I had to start going to the gym because Missouri is so great that I just <laughs> sit in the sauna and I like play ocean noises so I can start I'm like, you're in Florida, you're in Florida, you know, because I, it's getting to me. Yeah. So I mean, how do you do it? How do you deal with having so many different hats and roles and stress and that kind of thing? Well, belonging to a 24 hour gym helps. Um, yeah. So I, I, I left the gym at about midnight last night because wow. my kid didn't get to bed till 10. And, I, you know, I wanted to spend as much time with him as I could. Yeah. You know, he's reading in bed and finally he's asleep. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go hit the gym now. So you get home at midnight, answer some, I think I answered your email probably around yeah, midnight, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, you're probably like, why is this guy still up? <laughs> well, I felt bad because I, I was like, oh, I, I'm so bad checking my email. And so I don't even, I <laughs> probably did not judge at all. Or I probably didn't even see it till this morning. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, again, finding that time is challenging, but the gym is big for me for mental health. And um, I, always, I guess I knew it, but I didn't like consciously know it um, until I started going to therapy and talking to my therapist. And she's she could tell like, oh, you haven't been to the gym this week, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't. And so that's interesting. It's it's like having those things um, for your mental health are very important. Like obviously having someone to talk to is very important that you can trust and maybe someone that's, uh, you know, you're not related to, yeah. or, you know, that, that can be like a therapist um, can be really helpful um, to, to have. Um, yeah, you mentioned some of the boards I'm on. I'm on the, the Borrow My Angel board. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chuck Dow, started that. Um, to help with mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And so I, I lost my uncle to, to suicide. Actually, it, it was pretty tough. I lost my dad, my uncle, and my grandma, who uh, raised me all within like three years. Like so they were just boom, 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 like that. And I, w I was too tough for therapy back then. I probably could have really used it at that time. You know, I just started recently going to therapy. Well, not recently, probably like four or five years ago. You know, finally took my wife telling me, you're annoying, and that, you know, in a nicer way, but like, go women. Stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, you like, know, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, I want to want to be around you, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. like, go, you know, you're nice all day, and then you come home and unload on me. Don't. But that's coming, like, that's someone who loves you. Who's, yeah. And you can tell, like, you know, good best friends, good friends. They're not mm -hmm. always just gonna tell you what's up. They're gonna say, look, I love you because of that you need to stop this because yeah. this is nuts. Or, you know, don't wear that shirt. It looks so bad on you. You know what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the real honesty, that's a real mark of a good friend yeah. or, you know, yeah. And you know, that when I lived with my father growing up with him, he was very like tough. Like you don't, you know, that's not what right. you do. And my mom suffered from a lot of mental health um, illnesses and, and other illnesses. And so she was never healthy. And so like, it always looked like, and she would always, you know, be, checked into facilities and stuff and like it just always looked it was just weak to me like that's how yeah. it was like so if i just don't show that then it's not there and that's not how it works like we right. all have trauma that we need to process and things that um are issues that we need to deal with and there's healthy ways to deal with those and there's unhealthy ways to deal with them and in my youth i chose a lot of unhealthy ways yeah to deal with that and um luckily um i didn't do anything too stupid but yeah you know um the, it I mean, it's kind of silly that it took me to like my late thirties, early forties to like be okay with a, a, a guy yeah. going to a therapist. It sounds stupid to say out loud now, but like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And yeah. it's, it's so not stupid because you know, me, I'm 23. And so like, if I'm going on dates with guys in my twenties and all these things, I'm seeing these areas of guys and the ways they cope is gym and drinking, <laughs> you know, or video, like playing video games. And yeah. it's, it's like, come on, you know, if it's okay that like you're going through something, you know, do like it's so much more mature and adult type to be like, hey, I have an issue, let's deal with it. Like if you have an issue, you go to the doctor if you don't feel well, you know, yeah. go to the dentist if you have a cavity. So go to the therapist if you have something you need to talk about that your yeah. friends won't understand or something like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, so one thing I didn't mention and it was something that was really, I guess, stressful from a family environment is my wife and I, we adopted not officially, but he, my half brother came to live with us when he was 10, um, like the first year we got married. Wow. So we did have a kid who yeah. raised him from 10 to when he went off to college and he's Wow, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's That's like 27 now, he's off doing his own thing, he's great. Um, but, you know, that was a lot of stress in, the, in, in our kind of family dynamic that existed there. Um, 
because, you know, I grew up for part of my life with my mom and I, I knew the things I went through when I was living with her and I could see them happening with my brother and he had like, you know, failed a grade and was on a path to fail again. And I was like, I can't let this, I can't let this happen. So, you know, luckily we were able to get him to move in with us and, and do all that. But like, um, sometimes you just like, you get so busy and put all these other things as priorities that you forget your own stuff is why I'm saying that. Like, it's really easy to just try to, I guess, busy your way through depression or busy your way through whatever, um, you're dealing with. Um, and that's really not a healthy way to, to deal with it no, just by it's staying not. too busy. And I know you and I had talked about it before that sometimes, you know, guys or girls too, we're, we can do it too. You know, you let things just bubble up so much to the point where you're all of a sudden you're like, okay, oh my gosh, I need to quit this job or get a divorce or, you know, I do, you know, I don't want to live anymore. Like you, mm. you know, you let things bubble up so much that it, all of a sudden your answer is an extreme. Yeah. And so if we tackled those things, you know, when the issues came up and mm-hmm. discussed it, we could probably have a handle on some of that stuff. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of obviously local resources, Burl, um, beyond healing is a client of ours that, that is here local. That's really great at EMDR therapy. I know one of your past podcasts yeah. talked about that a little bit. Um, so I did that. That was really instrumental in helping deal with like some past trauma stuff that I'm really good at burying it deep down you know I've kind of done that my whole life because just my childhood was kind of a mess so um and that was just my coping mechanism right to to survive so that was just how I operated for a long time but using that therapy really helped me kind of process some old stuff and really be more open to processing things sooner instead of just trying to you know sweep it under the rug and I'll I'll deal with that when I'm dead mentality yeah um so yeah they're they're a great resource they're actually one of like uh, the n- world leaders in EMDR oh, training. Oh, wow. Beyond ther- like, Healing? Yeah, they That's train awesome. people all over the country on that therapy. So Located downtown. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're awesome. Um, yeah. So and, and there's tons of resources here. Like, there's really, in this day and age, it's kind of, you know, there's the, you can't say you can't find help. Like, yeah. there's ways you should should be able to connect and if, yeah. and if you can't call me I'll, I'll help you find Boom. somewhere to connect and even yeah even having a great mentor too because yeah. you know you, you can start off sometimes in therapy or whatever and then sometimes just having a mentor turned friend that you can it's it's like a friend sponsor it's like hey you know you're not in my life all the time but i'm going through this can we get coffee can we talk can we check in and especially kind of having the same values or beliefs as you i find is extremely helpful that way you know they they know what you stand for and they want to see you achieve that and so yeah yeah Yeah. no i i think yeah having that friend group that you can count on like you know as you get older sometimes it's hard to make new friends but we (laughs) we have this silly group of folks that get together called the nude crew and it's because we eat noodles we all we go out ramen we go to different ramen spots (laughs) yeah it's got like merch (laughs) yeah like (laughs) Uh, yeah, we do. We got He's shirts like, and everything. It actually comes in one color. Yeah, yeah we got no. You get we, one guess what color. Yeah, just, yeah we got shirts and everything. It's a it's a legit team of us that just destroy ramen restaurants nice. every every quarter. Or so, so what's we get the together. top? What's the top ranking ramen restaurant? Um, probably Karai right uh, now. Karai is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But Scully's is pretty great too. I've never had it. Oh, yeah. I'll put it yeah. on my list. Yeah. Or Cherry Pickwick. Just okay. Downtown. Yeah. 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 It's good. Um, there's a lot of good spots. That's the kind of one of the unknown things about springville if you don't live here there's a lot of great places to eat in this town for our size so it's it's yeah yeah a lot of foodies like it here so your journey in therapy has been you said four to five years so your wife now would she say like the chris now how different is he from the chris four to five years ago 
Um, I I would say I'm not a ton different. Um, there's not as many like highs and lows. So I, I take medication for yeah. uh, you know um, for that. Um, it's my don't punch people pill is what I call it. Not that I go around punch, punching people before, but I don't feel like doing it you know yeah. anymore. Um, and so you know sometimes you find out that you need a little help balancing yeah. those chemicals up there, and and that helps kind of even things out. So I'm not I don't get so agitated or yeah. mad about things that really don't matter. Um, yeah as much and you can kind of let those slide and move on to the important things and just maturing being able to prioritize what matters helps a lot too so um yeah i would i would i think she would say i'm doing better yeah that's good I hope. I that's hope. good <laughs> <laughs> um so do you feel like in society or even in the corporate world you know do you think that there is still a stigma when it comes to men's mental health like oh you know Women, oh, they're emotional, so it's normal for them to go to therapy. But you know, it's like, oh, well, you're you're different, you're random, you stick out if you're a guy doing that. Yeah, I don't know about the corporate world. I feel like in, uh, in the last few years, a lot has really changed in that area. I think a lot of maybe men my age or older still hold on to some maybe older kind of those older stereotypes of like guys don't do that um, yeah. type of thing. So I think it's more of a problem with their perception versus maybe like uh, external um, pressures that yeah. are put on. I, I would say, you know, you know, teens are kind of the most susceptible to like suicide from mental health issues. And so I think um, young men in that age group really um, are something that we need to focus on as a community, as a nation to help, you know, provide them with everything kind of feels life and death when you're younger and yeah. suicide seems like a, an option when it really doesn't need to be like some yeah. of the, I think back to some of the dumb stuff I did when I was a kid that was like, Oh my gosh, my life is over this. I cannot believe, you know, yeah. that I did that. Um, I'll tell you a story offline. And and, you know, I felt like, like, oh, my God, I, just, I, I, yeah. I can't go on after this. And now I look back on it and and not in public story. I tell but occasionally I'll tell it because <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's kind of funny um, yeah. that uh, that I'm still here. <laughs> but, you know, it it's um, everything just seems so big at that age. So, like, yeah. making sure that we're making it feel OK for, I think, guys like, I don't know. I tried to be so tough when I was in high school. Like, that was just. Yeah. I don't know what I felt like I had to do and I'm, right. not, I'm not tough at all. It's just, and it's, I, I mean, that's the thing is like what holding all your emotion inside and feeling yeah. angry towards people or the world. Ooh, that makes you more of a man. You know what I'm saying? It just, it, from a woman's perspective, it's like, yeah. that's just so crazy. Like just, yeah. you know, talk about it and try to, you know? So another question is, do you have any coping mechanisms that you would, you know, recommend or suggest? You said, you know, high schoolers or younger people are like more susceptible or just things you've kind of experienced that you're like, hey, this works for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, gym is number one. Like yeah. I have to get like that regular yeah. exercise and, and just helps me center. Um, but also I found like, you know, I was, I call movies my yoga. Like that's like, that's cool. My, yeah. Like I, I have to go to a movie theater. I try to go once a week. Honestly, Not, I know I'm the, the rewards member. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I got that Alamo <laughs> pass, the, right? They're like, Hey, give him the popcorn special. Like, yeah. He's a regular. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's kind of like, my opportunity to check out like i totally try to lose myself in that yeah. and it just lets my mind reset and not worry about some things for two hours so you know i just find i you got to find what works best for you mm -hmm. um but what 
you know, I was kind of doing all that stuff, but I wasn't intentional about it until I started going to a therapist and she helped me realize, oh, those, those things are helping you. I can literally tell when you are doing these things and when you're not right. And being able to talk to her about it and kind of realize it, but then also using like real therapy tools like EMDR and things like that were really helpful and getting on medication and things like that can really help make sure that um, you're setting yourself up for success, um, having resources, having yeah. someone to talk to. I mean, you have to be intentional about it, just like you're saying with your health, right? Like if I never went to the gym or did anything hell or ate crappy food, you right. know, I would feel bad, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Right, and so your brain's the same way, like you have to take care of it and be proactive about it. Um, and if you're not, it, it can it can it can be pretty bad. Yeah, I think you are a really good example because, you know, you started this awesome company with your wife, and, you know, you're a father and a husband and all these things, and it shows that like you can be successful, you can have all the things too, but also you know mental health doesn't go away. That the, you know, it's not. Uh, a bad thing to go to therapy and that it's honestly someone just bettering themselves and when you're growing in a company when you're an entrepreneur I mean isn't that what we're trying to do all the time constantly yeah so it it's it's pretty awesome and yeah (laughs) so as we're kind of closing the interview just a few last questions um little advice to our listeners and future entrepreneurs so in the sense of mental health and being a business owner what is something that you wish you could have told your younger self? So, you know, if you're wanting to be an entrepreneur and you're one of my listeners right now, like ears open because this is, you know, this is knowledge and this is wisdom, you know? Uh, I think if you live in Springfield, like this is absolutely the city to take a shot at it. Like you just have to take a shot. Like like I was saying earlier, like the biggest things I regret are the, the things I didn't try or, or didn't attempt, right? Because I was too scared I might yeah. fail. Like you just, I mean, you have to be, somewhat realistic about it and you have to prepare right like i said what did i say luck is preparation and opportunity right like you have to be prepared for that you have to be prepared for that opportunity to come along but you have to be willing to seize that opportunity too right and so don't be too scared to try something get out there and do it and i think that is what inspires me about springfield there's so many young entrepreneurs here like keeps me on my toes there's a new agency like every year in this town right and so like I got the competitor stay. market. I'm just, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> right. So I just gotta stay I gotta stay on my toes. It keeps me yeah. it keeps me going, but it also inspires me too, like to see all the different like a lot of the developments that are happening in this area are, you know, people under forty are are really moving and shaking in this town. The network is a great Callie freaking Carol. There we go. <laughs> yep. Our mutual friend Callie. Go yeah. vote April fourth. April fourth. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I, I really want to see this town continue to develop, too. There's a lot of people that are kind of anti-development here, and I get we need to be intentional about it, but I, I think we don't want to kill that um, that entrepreneurial spirit, that right. development spirit of, of continuing to grow. Like, I'm not happy ever, honestly, where I'm at. Like, yeah. I always want to continue to get better, um, and I feel the same way about Springfield, right? Like, I want mm-hmm. to... Just because we grow doesn't mean we can't keep the things we love. It means right. we can just add to it. Um, and I think sometimes people feel like it has to be one or the other. And yeah. it's not a zero-sum game. You can you right. can have both. Um, so, yeah, um, more advice for young people. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Probably don't do anything dumb on social media. I didn't have to worry about That's that. That's true. I'm lucky. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, um, be careful what you post on TikTok. I mean, there's that. A lot of people are always like, yeah. I mean, TikTok can be a tool in the sense of, you know, you have a good following, you know, 
I was talking in some interviews, some athletes have said like colleges like it when certain people have big followings or some companies really like that because you're adding that value to the company. But also, I mean, if you post a TikTok like four years ago to a sound where you're like, forget you or something to your ex, you know, something real petty. And then, you know, your boss is going to see that in four years. Just clean, clean it out, you know, like get rid of all the old. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. So the biggest piece of advice would really just be going for it, right? Like, get yeah. you, put a plan together. Don't just like pull the trigger willy nilly, but put a plan right. together, be intentional about it, but you know, give it a shot. Like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? I was, you know, my kid's leveling up in a soccer program right now, and he was nervous about practicing with the new group of guys that are the next level up. And I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen, buddy? You're going to go back to being one of the best kids on the team you're on now if they don't take you. Yeah. So is that really that bad? No. Is that what it what you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. Or what could happen? He's like, Well, I could make the team. I was like, Exactly. So worst case scenario, it's this, right? Yeah. And and so you just gotta go out there and, and, and try and um sometimes depression or mental health can really like limit how you view yourself and what what the possibilities are and what you can be. And uh, you just have to tell that part of your brain to shut up for a minute and go do it. And then you'll figure it out once you yeah. get there. Have you ever experienced like imposter syndrome or anything where people, you know, they're like, how am I CEO of this company? Like, am I not good enough today? You know, have you ever experienced yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm in the agency world every day. We have to, yeah. we have to come up, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a formula where I go in there and come up with a cre right. creative concept. You know, it's, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, why, how, why did they trust me to do this? Like, how am I going to figure this out? And so. I feel the same way too sometimes. <laughs> like we had that manufacturing conference and I got to speak and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. They really think I can speak. And then all of a sudden all the words coming out like all the ai stuff i'm sitting here like there's no way i should be <laughs> like, I really, you know right now <laughs> but you right, know you but learn now, but now the next time you're going to feel even more confident you like, got, you've so got, ai is this right? yeah right i mean you got to get those reps under your belt i kind of yeah. like maybe i make too many sports analogies but i think about it in that sense right like the very first time i ever played basketball i was horrible at it and i only got mediocre but i got better than i was right right because i took the time to practice and, and get better and so yeah um there are some people that are naturals too they'll get up and stand up and like oh my gosh how'd they do that and yeah. that can make you go well i could never be that good maybe you can't but you could you could get probably close if you yeah. work really hard at it and if that's important to what you need to do to be successful then you just kind of put in the time and, and the reps to get there yeah that's yeah. good that's good um what is your advice to a young entrepreneur or business you know man or woman who's starting out trying to find the mental health side like is there anything you would have done differently when you first started the business mental health wise yeah i was really really bad about um time management then like i, I was cool with 70 hours a week like yeah, that, yeah, that's that not, kind of like <laughs> hustle culture you know that that was like you know all i was about i was i you know my wife would be so mad like you came home with two again you came home with you know three again yeah you know and uh but i was just so driven to make it work um that i, I don't know i think i probably i probably um spent a lot of like low um quality time just spending more time like it'd probably been better to call it quits at 11 or 10 or whenever yeah and get a good night's rest and come back and be refreshed and and be more focused and yeah. better uh more intentional about my my usage of time and so i've gotten better at that and it took me a lot of trial and error to figure out how that works for me um but that would be like my big advice is like it doesn't necessarily have to be all the hours and the more hours doesn't 
equate to more success. That's it, good. You know, it can it can be pretty detrimental. Honestly, you can get too hyper focused on it and you can go, you know, have a nervous breakdown or whatever. Like you yeah. can just make it too much of your world. So you need to take that time to. Uh, you know, de-stress and, and relax and take yeah. a break. So yeah, being intentional about that, I think, you know, what those breaks are and, and what they look like can be hard to do when you're have a, a serious goal and you're passionate about it. But yeah, that's what I would, I would probably tell my younger self is like, you don't have to be here till three in the morning every night. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So last question before I do my usual thing, what, what do you see for Rebel in the next five years? Yeah. If you can share, because yeah. I know, I know we got some competitors out here. I'm like, I'm about to be one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, we're pretty happy with where we are. Like, uh, we've always been uh, uh, continuing to grow, but we don't really, like, it's not about just getting bigger. It's about being able to offer better and more valuable services to the clients that we work with. Um, so we're always looking for great talent to add to the team, um, if it makes sense. But um we're really focused a little bit more on being a little more profitable versus just growth, right? Like how mm -hmm. can we maximize um, the time that we spend with the clients that we have, make sure we have the right clients and, and we're the right fit for them. Um, so being a little bit more intentional about some of the areas that we work in, um, which hopefully will lead to some growth. You know, obviously, you know, we're a team of 10, so um, we have some room to grow uh, um, amongst our team. But another cool thing about Springfield is there's so much talent that you can outsource to. So yeah. You know, we work with probably, gosh, if I count them up, I bet there's 50 people that will freelance to on any given year over the year. Just to help with clients? Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, whether it's a copywriter focused in a certain area or a videographer or um, a gaffer or an illustrator or yeah. an animator or whatever it is. And, you know, 99% of them are all local. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. Springfield investing in Springfield. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we have a huge creative community. Springfield Creatives is a great organization here that really helps foster those relationships and, and build that community. Um, that, and again, that's one of the reasons why it's um, actually pretty accessible to be an entrepreneur in that industry here because uh, while we're competitors, we're, for, for the most part, pretty right. pretty um, collaborative competitors. You know, I, I meet with other agency owners on a regular basis that, you know, we have conversations about uh, the growth of our company and, and what we're doing that's working and not. And yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, so as we end every episode, favorite song, favorite quote, and what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, I'll start with quotes. I think I said it earlier. I'll stick with the, the luck quote. So we'll knock, knock that one. Yeah. He's like, you have to go Check. back and like, listen to it again. Yeah. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably mess it up now. If I'm <laughs> trying to think it. Um, song, that was tough. You told me that earlier. I mean, it could just be like your favorite so, one right now if you well, did it to be like an all-time so, thing. So like my favorite artist is Jay-Z. So okay. I, I love I a lot of Jay-Z songs. I would guess that. Okay. Um, but old Kanye. Uh, okay, Chris. Yeah. I'm best with some old Kanye. Yeah. So my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is my favorite album. I can listen to that nonstop all the way through. It's probably yeah. the only album that I will literally just listen all the way through on. So Maybe there's a favorite song in there. It's definitely favorite album. Yeah. If I had to pick favorite song, um, I wanted to be Will Smith when I grew up when I was a kid. So Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme okay. song is probably, okay. probably my favorite song. But uh, I will tell you one other song, okay? Well, so, so he didn't have enough quotes, but he's got, got, a lot of songs. He's got the got playlist a lot, ready. He's got a lot of songs. <laughs> um, so 
my dad, uh, when I lived in Rolla for a little a little bit of time, he would drive and come get me, and we'd drive like two hours back to his house and stuff. So, I, And that was like every weekend um, when my parents were divorced. And he loved um, the group Alabama, the country um, group, and Dixieland Delight was like his favorite song. Oh, my song. gosh, great song. And he was a pretty good singer. I'm a horrible singer. I'm really, really <laughs> bad. Um, but he would play that and sing it all the time. So it was just like a sentimental song. Yeah. But I used to sing that to my son Jackson to help him go to bed, even though I'm a really bad singer. I don't know how he went to sleep. Um, but now it's it's like he knows all the words to it. And it's actually his ringtone, which is hilarious. That's, awesome. that that's his ringtone on his that's phone. Awesome. So when I call him, it plays. And so it's kind of like sentimental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Heartstrings get pulled pretty pretty hard when, when I hear that song still. So yeah, that one that one's pretty good too that's yeah that's a favorite in, a, yeah. in, a, in that category that's good that's then, good uh, legacy yeah i mean uh, honestly I, I would love people say that guy was a great dad like i mean whew, it just like yeah i just biggest fear but biggest joy like i'd never want to be a bad dad ever but i love being a dad. like nothing makes me more like excited or happy yeah. than just being a good dad so yeah well yeah. what's a little piece of advice just you know like being a dad, you know, what do you, as a dad, what do you think, not like what your kid values most, but like what makes him smile the most or what, you know, what have you noticed? Um, I mean, I, I guess just kind of being there for him, you know, like just making the time, which yeah. I, I haven't always been good at, but I'm getting much better at like just going and sitting at his soccer practice and going to all his games and talking to him and know that he can talk to me. And, um, and, and having um, a good, healthy relationship with your spouse so that they know what that can look like for them one day um, and showing them how to be a good man through actions, not by just telling them. That's good. Um, That's good. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not anywhere near perfect. Don't get me wrong. But like when I do what I know I did good, you know, yeah. like nothing feels better. Um, and so I think it's probably different for everyone. You know, my parents, I always looked at like I'd, – <laughs> This might sound bad, but it's like that's what I don't want to be. Like they were my. In, they in were some my aspects, that's so true. Right. You know? like, that was my. I don't want to be like that. Um, but one thing that you know, my dad wasn't always there physically, but like I could call him anytime. Um, he didn't always have like money to help, or we weren't financially well off, or anything like that. Um, but I could always know I could call him and, and talk. And in uh, when I lived in Florida. I only got to see him like twice a year. Yeah. So it wasn't very much, but he called me every Saturday without fail. Your dad did? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that consistency thing I think is important for kids. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that when we were, when we were raising my brother, um, just adding consistency back to his life. He started to thrive, right? Setting some goals. Kids will live up to those expectations that yeah. you set for them. And if you don't set any expectations, they won't have any and they won't live up to them. So bring That's it, good. bringing that consistency um, to it was, was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the podcast. Uh, have you guys check out Rebel Advertising. This place is freaking great. Um, and yeah, just keep on keeping up with cash. Hopefully, we have a new merch line coming out soon. But you know, good things take time, and it's probably gonna take a while. So don't get your hopes up. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Bye.